0: Last time, as part of the announcement, that um, we will, I think, have at least Korean and maybe Chinese translators. So if you have parents who would like to come, but English is not their first language, let them come so that we can also uh, talk to them, hear their testimony and such. All right. How many of you guys got this? Everyone got one? If you came late, maybe you didn't. But uh, every all the moms plus Pastor Q received this. <laughs> because he hates to be left out of anything, and so he wanted one. But I just want to say thank you. I heard that it was some of the covenant fathers who met late at night, was it, at Daniel and Helen Ra's house to make and put this together. So thank you, dads, who worked hard late at night um, to do this. And if you don't know what it is or how to use it, go see Aston Ra, okay? Aston Ra is, I think, three, four years old. He actually gave me a five minute lecture on how this is supposed to be used. It's hilarious. So ask Aston Ra how to use this if you do not know. But thank you so much. As we've said, huh? Is a chocolate? Ask Aston Ra how to use it. <laughs> It's not edible (laughs) Um, as we've been saying it is mother's day Um, it's a day that mothers are remembered and honored all across this country because it is a national holiday and i think it's appropriate to honor them today as the gathered body of christ Um, I really appreciate the sensitivity of the video that we showed earlier because I think in the church uh, oftentimes we celebrate moms so much. I love how they were able to, um, you saw that they honor the different stages of the mom, um, you know, to give perseverance and sanity (laughs) to the moms of young children. And then to the moms, we bless the moms of teenage kids because then it's just a whole different uh, set of things that you're dealing with. And it also talked about those who are wanting to be moms, who are struggling to become a mom and are not yet. And even mentioned the moms who have lost kids prematurely and so no longer have someone to call them mom and included grandparents. And then you know, I have friends who are struggling to be pregnant and be a mom, I have friends who um, just in various stages, and we forget that even uh, spiritual children, that I'm a spiritual mom, all the like hundred kids that I mothered and pastored in Seattle, they still reach out to me, they still send me wedding invitations, and I wasn't there, now they're all adults, but I was their youth pastor, uh, man, um, 12 13, oh, like 14 years ago. And they're remembering me um, as their spiritual mom. So just want to say, uh, to honor all the moms out there in the various stages of motherhood um, that you may be in. To be honest, there's some ministers and church leaders actually who downplay or even ignore this day. They ignore Mother's Day from the pulpit. They won't recognize it, they won't really preach about it or talk about it because they believe, you know, they feel that Mother's Day is not a religious holiday. And there's something to that, right? It's not a religious holiday like some of the other major ones, and so why celebrate it? But I think it is appropriate to do so as a body of Christ. But many are opposed to this day because simply of the over-commercialization of it. People are just kind of sick of it. It's just over-commercialized. Even the original founder of this day, you know Anna Jarvis. She's the original founder, and she actually eventually ended up opposing this holiday. She actually uh, she was one who helped to create it, but it became something that she did not intend. Actually, it was her mother's dream to have a day all across the U.S. a special day where mothers would be honored. It was her mother's dream, and so when her mother passed away before that could be done, Anna took up the cause, and she campaigned to create a Mother's Day. So President Woodrow Wilson, actually, he made it an official national holiday on May 9, 1914. That's how long it's been, May 9 of 1914. He and Congress proclaimed that the second Sunday in May every year would be Mother's Day. And again, because of the commercialization of it, Anna Jarvis regretted it. Um, and uh, actually opposed it before she died. Today is still one of the most commercially successful U.S. holidays that we have, thanks to greeting card companies and florists, as you know. It's the most popular day of the year to dine out and go to a restaurant to eat in the U.S. There's a business research publication um, that says Americans will spend $2.6 billion on flowers today, $1.53 billion on pampering gifts like spa packages, massages, manicure, pedicure, and things for moms. $68 million on greeting cards. Now, how many of you bought flowers for your moms? Or for your husbands, bought it for your wives because your kids are too young and, um, and so you do that, right? Yes. How many of you plan to go out to eat for Mother's Day? Right, A lot more hands go up. Or how many of you bought a Mother's Day card, whether it was for your wife because she's a mom or for your own mom? Many of you did. How many of you are doing all three? Yes, all three. That's the standard three, right? So in light of Mother's Day, I want to talk about the biblical principle of honoring our parents. Honoring our parents. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. You can open your Bibles there or look up here. It's just this one verse. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This verse is very familiar to us. It's part of the Decalogue, which is better known as the Ten Commandments. Now, many see um, this Fifth Commandment as the Bridge Commandment. If you, I don't know if you can see that. Um, Many see the fifth commandment as being the bridge commandment. You see, the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God. It deals with, you know, have no other gods. I'm it. I'm the only God. Don't make or worship any idols or other gods, right? You should not misuse God's name. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Fourth one is remember to observe the Sabbath and keeping it holy for God. Then we have this fifth commandment it sets the tone for the next five commandments, which are all about our relationship with one another. The command to honor our parents is the transition commandment between our relationship with God and our relationship with his people, with others and the one another. If we can't honor and be good to our earthly parents, who we can see, then how are we going to be good And honor our Heavenly parent our our Heavenly um, Father who we can't see we have the tangible earthly parent in front of us and then we have the intangible our Heavenly Father that we say we love and we want to honor not everyone here is a parent but everyone here has parents true everyone has parents so in the midst of thinking you know We do a double duty, double role, right? For us mothers, for me, I'm like, okay, what am I going to get from my husband and from my kids? You know, I'm a mom now and and all that I do for the family. And then you have to think and turn around and be like, oh, how and what? I have to plan for my own mother. So you receive, but you also then have to immediately give and plan for your mom. So not all are parents, but we all do have parents. And no matter what your age, whether from a little kid to a full-grown adult with your own kids, we all struggle with our relationship with our parents, yes? We all struggle no matter what your age and stage of life. I find that we struggle in our relationship with our parents. God being all-knowing, being the omniscient, all-knowing God, he knew this. So he gave us this fifth commandment that we're to honor our father and mother. Notice that God says, Honor your parents. He doesn't say, Love your parents. He doesn't say, Love your mother and father. He doesn't say, Appreciate your mother and father. But he says, Honor your mother and father. In the New Testament, we hear Jesus saying the greatest commandment is what? The greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So why not here? Why not say love your father and your mother as the fifth commandment instead of honor your father and your mother? Because love is such a big thing, right? We all know what it means to love, but what does it mean to honor? The word honor means to esteem, to revere, to respect, to pay tribute to, to give reverence to. And I believe the word honor is used here to speak more about the position of parenthood than it is about the actual person, than the actual parent. We know that no parents are perfect. Parents are flawed. We are sinful. We're sinners. No perfect parents. And yet we're commanded to honor them. We probably all know people who have been, unfortunately, emotionally or physically abused by their parents. We know people who aren't very good parents. How can such children, children of these particular parents, how can they honor their parents? How are they to understand this command to honor their parents? When we honor our parents, we are acknowledging that God ordained them to be our parents and to receive our honor. We're acknowledging that God gave them to us as our parents and us as their child and that they are to receive honor. That God had a hand in this. He ordained this to be so. Honoring parents who are not worthy of honor can only be done if we recognize this fact, if we recognize that God has appointed them to be parents over us. And so when we honor them, we're honoring their God-given position as parents over us, not necessarily for their performance as wonderful, awesome, great parents. I I think we get confused. We get confused about this because our current understanding of of, and our common use of the term to honor someone, when we speak about honoring someone, it's different from the biblical understanding of what it means to honor someone. So for example, when we think of honoring someone today, we often think of someone who is, um, we think of it in some kind of an award, We think about them receiving some kind of recognition. We're honoring them for some sort of uh, accomplishment. We're honoring them for some sort of an achievement, an award, something they've earned, something they've done. For example, we're honoring graduates, right? We honor graduates, why? Because they did it. They survived. They graduated, you know? Like, Sue, I believe, graduated yesterday, and so did David Kong. They both graduated from seminary, uh, both yesterday. And we honor our graduates. We congratulate them. Job well done. They did it, right? We honor people for their excellence in academics, in school. We honor people in their professions. Award of excellence. Award for um, selling the most cars. Award for making the most money for the company this year. You know, things like that. We think about the academy. Awards, we honor these actors and actresses and directors because of the work, best picture, best actor, you know? We honor sports MVPs because he got the most home runs or he made the most baskets. We honor them because of these. These honors were earned in some way. But the kind of honor that Um, is referred to most often in the Bible and in scripture, is related to the position that a person holds. We're to honor our parents, honor one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're to honor God, not primarily because of what they've accomplished, what they've achieved, or because of what they've excelled at, because of the position that they hold, because of who they are, simply because of who they are. When people are honored in the Bible, It's not due to their personal characteristics. There are many people in the Bible, many figures, many heroes and heroines of the Bible that were not very honorable. They're sinful, they've made mistakes, some really horrendous things, you know, they're not very honorable, but we honor them as being who they are, that they were chosen by God to be the one, whether it was to be king or prophet or they were, and because of their position, God is honored because he is the sovereign God of the universe, right? Yes, God sent his only son to die for us and we have salvation. But if that's the only reason that you honor God, we love God and we honor God because of who he is. He is the sovereign almighty one and we are his created beings. In the Bible, who is honored? Kings, rulers, elders, teachers, rabbis right priests all these ones because an honor is given to them because of their position think about the um firstborn son the eldest son they get double portions why because he's better than the second third fourth fifth son or the daughters it's position a lot of the firstborn are wicked a lot of the firstborn are worse than the second and third born but they are accorded a special honor because of the position so to our parents to be honored for their position and their role in the family as a parent. On a side note, this applies to me as a pastor. I was thinking about this. October is Pastor Appreciation Month, right? And on other various times and various occasions throughout the year, and also day to day, I'd like to say that you've honored me. You guys show great honor. You've had appreciation dinners for us pastors. You've given us gifts. Um, Sometimes when we have prayer meetings and other things, you want to honor us by putting us up front and having the uh, church members come and pray for us and bless us. You honor me because of my position as a pastor because I am your pastor. Regardless of if I'm an amazing pastor or not, regardless of if I have all the gifts and because I'm excellent and I'm the best pastor you have ever seen or heard, you honor me simply because of my position that I am pastor of Hope Church and I am your pastor. I'm not confused to the fact that you honor me because I'm Mimi Kim, right? It's because of my position. It requires faith to believe that somehow God can use imperfect, flawed people such as our parents or even flawed and imperfect pastors, that God can use these people to shape us into the people that he wants us to be. Think about that for a moment. As flawed and as imperfect as as your parents are, as we, as your spiritual leader and as a pastor, I am, it takes great faith to submit to authority, and and to honor those that have been placed in authority over you. It's a huge deal. It takes great faith that God is still in it. God didn't just drop you off to uh, Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so. God didn't just drop you here at Hope Church under Pastor Q and myself. He is still in it. He is working in your lives. He is working to create and to make something useful and something great with our lives, and we forget that. Now, going back to our text, Exodus 20, 12, there's something unique about this particular commandment, something unique, something different from all the other nine. Yes, the green highlight is your clue. (laughs) Something different about this one particular commandment, and that is it's the only commandment with a promise. There's a benefit. There's a result of some sort. Two simple little words, so that, so that. Honor your father and your mother, so that. God will, um, good will result, good will come of honoring your parents. And this commandment is quoted by the Apostle Paul as well. Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians here, he says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on on the earth. So in terms of honoring our parents, I want to suggest three things three things that we need to give them, to give to our parents. And you can rate yourself on how well you think that you're doing these three things, but these are just my suggestions on three things on how we can uh, better honor our parents. The first one is, we need to give our parents gratitude. Not attitude, gratitude. We need to give our parents gratitude. We need to thank them. We need to show them appreciation for all that they do, and not just on Mother's Day and Father's Day but we're talking a daily dose of of gratitude for them, the sacrifices they've made. We shouldn't take them for granted. For many of us, we only realize this after we have become parents ourselves. We grow up our whole life, you know, just thinking and just, you know, gliding by and just thinking things are owed us. And we only realize after we ourselves have become parents, oh my goodness, you know, and how difficult this is. Although my parents immigrated to America in 1972, I was only six months old, my parents came to America, they didn't speak the language, as I know many of your parents have the same story, they came with no money and they worked their whole lives here in the US in a blue collar menial job, all their lives but they managed to pay for my college tuition and the tuition of my sister, my brother, and me, all three of us working a very low-paying menial job because they didn't want us to start our adult life with debt. They didn't want us to start our adult life with debt. They wanted us to be free and make, you know, do with our lives but not with debt on us. I know things are different now. The student loan and student debt is just incredible and the economy is different now than it was then. But I'm just sharing you and letting you know this because in this generation now, we keep talking about this one word, entitlement we talk about entitlement. Oh man, kids these days, they just feel so entitled. You know, everyone's entitled, entitled. Entitlement is a word. I don't think many of our parents even knew the meaning of that word. They were too busy working for everything that they got. They were too busy out there working two jobs and earning and and just working and working for everything they got. They don't know the meaning of the word entitlement. And I think it's different for us where most of our kids are growing up very entitled and some of us as well. So gratitude, how hard is it to say thank you? Not just once a year on Mother's Day or Father's Day, but on a daily basis. Secondly, we honor our parents by giving them respect. That's right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I was going to sing that song for you. Respect, right? To give them respect. Respect includes with it obedience and courtesy. Obedience and courtesy. Now, you know as well as I do that when you're close to someone and in family, a lot of times courtesy and common courtesy goes out the window. You know what I'm talking about, right? I will be very courteous to complete strangers, and I will be willing to give the benefit of the doubt and show incredible manners to complete strangers or even people who have wronged me, than I will do to my own family members, to my own parents, to my own kids or husband. The closer the relationship, the more you just kind of you know walk all over them and treat them like. But secondly, I want to say honoring our parents includes this respect of obedience and courtesy. When we're young, we often disrespect disrespect them we rebel against them we think that they don't know what they're talking about we know better than them we disobey them we speak to them rudely we speak to them dismissively they're talking and we're like oh my gosh you you just don't know you don't understand and we just dismiss our parents some of us still do that as adults some of y'all feeling guilty i do i'm going to confess i'm going to confess i still do After my father passed away in 2012, there were many big decisions that my mother had to make. When my father was alive, he took care of all the finances, the paperwork, the car, the house. You know what I'm talking about. My father took care of all of that. My mother had no idea, even a single bleep, about what all that was because my dad took care of it. Once he passed away, my mom had some decisions to make. I would get so frustrated talking to her, trying to explain how the bank system works, you know, she, to explain to her um, how different things and why you had to do this and why this is important and things like that, it was so frustrating. I treated her like a child. I treated her like I knew better than her, that I was better than her because I was certainly more educated than her. I certainly spoke English better than her. So I treated her in such a way that ultimately it made her feel really small and it made her feel really inadequate. Like, How did I live in America all these years without knowing anything? You know, just making her feel really, really small. It's easier to honor people that you respect. It's easier to honor people that you respect. So we need to give our parents respect. The third aspect of honoring our parents includes giving them our attention. Giving them our attention. Now, it's not always all about us. When we were a child, the world revolved around us. This is us. This is the world revolving around us. When we were young, when you're a baby, you're front and center. Your needs are met. You cry. Everybody comes running. It's all about you as a child. Now that we're older, or just old, (laughs) we don't need them anymore. We don't need them to come running. And too often, we ignore them. That's the other part. When we've grown up now and we have elderly parents, we ignore them. In fact, we're so busy with our own lives. And in fact, not only ignoring them, sometimes we despise them because they are a burden to us, if we're honest. The different stages of life. There was a time when we couldn't live without them. Then there was a time when we despised them during our teenage years. And now comes a time when we ignore them and we're actually burdened by them. And then we feel guilty about it, I know, if we're good kids, but yet, we, if we're honest, we feel burdened by them, the things that we have to help them with. And I'm gonna confess that too because You know, I have my own household to take care of to do insurance and bank systems and, you know, just kind of run my own household. And now I have to run my mom's household as well. Figure out who's going to come cut her grass, figure out who's going to come, you know, if paint's chipping or if, you know, something needs work or, you know, something comes in the mail from the IRS. And, you know, now I have to go and figure out her household as well as taking care of my own. So we tend to try to ignore them. But giving them our attention includes giving them support. It could be even financial support. Some of our parents, because they worked so hard and they didn't save, they paid for my college education, some of them did not save properly for their retirement. right? And so at this age, by giving them attention, it might mean supporting them, supporting them financially, but also emotionally, emotionally. You know, my mother is lonely. She's a widow now. She lives alone in this, you know, big house. And all she wants is for me to call her once in a while and just shoot the breeze with her, just talk to her, tell her how the grandkids are doing, how Emma Maddie are doing, and just to ask her things and, you know, just to speak with her. But again, I, I confess, even that's a burden to me, to call her. But the funny thing is, we take people who are close to us for granted. I'm gonna tell you, put one on the spot here, my husband. He calls his mother every day in South Korea. He calls his mother every day, Monday through Friday, I don't think Saturday and Sunday, right, honey? I think he just does uh, Monday through Friday. It's built into his routine that when he goes to work in the morning, it's evening time in Korea. And so his mother expects the call. It's in his routine. When he goes to work early in the morning, it's the evening time in Korea, and he calls his mother every single day, Monday through Friday. My mother lives here in Maryland. Sometimes I can go three weeks without talking to her, or more than a month without seeing her, and she lives right here. But when I was living in Seattle, I called her almost every day. When I lived, you know, when she was not close to me and I was living all the way in Seattle, I called her much, much more often, almost every night, just kind of talking with her and, and stuff like that. So If you are near, living near to your parents, count it as a blessing. We need to honor them by showing them attention and not ignoring them as we tend to do just because they are so close. We just assume they're doing fine. That is another grievance that we have. As people, we all crave attention. We all crave attention. Even the young child, the teenager, they're just crying out for your attention. You know, even as adults and even as grandparents and the elderly, we all crave attention. And so we can honor our parents by showing interest in them and their lives. Today is Mother's Day, like I said. And as I was um, preparing this message and writing this sermon, I cried three times. <laughs> I cried three times in writing this sermon and preparing it. I brought tissue up here in case I start crying, um, because it was just so emotional for me. The topic of mom. About to cry now. I haven't even said anything yet, but the topic of mom. It's different. Dads are awesome too. My dad was a wonderful, wonderful man. But moms are just different. Why do we honor our moms? Why is there a special day that is completely, you know, blown out of proportion to Father's Day? Sorry, dads. But moms, you know why? And as I was preparing and just reflecting, meditating, praying, that video that we showed, I watched at least 12 different videos, different clips and things about Mother's Day, about honoring moms. I Google searched it and resources that pastors can go to for uh, different clips to use during your worship service. I, I looked through that and as I was watching them, I kept crying and I was like, no, this one's too emotional. If I show this, everyone's gonna cry, no. And then this one, oh, this is cheesy. Oh my gosh, this is so cheesy. So like I watched 12 videos and I was crying as I was watching these videos about moms, having my own little tribute you know, to my mom. But on this occasion of Mother's Day, I do want to honor my mom by telling you this story. Every time I think of my mother, I think of this story. I don't know if I've told you uh, this before, but my mother, because she was a, um, she worked in cleaning. She was a cleaner. And so, you know, it involves a lot of, you know, using your hands, you know, wringing off the mop and cleaning and stuff like that. Uh, She was a commercial cleaner. And so she had lots of aches and pains. The worst was severe carpal tunnel syndrome. You know, always doing, working with her hand and stuff. So very, very severe carpal tunnel syndrome, and she needed to have surgery on both her wrists. She was in severe pain all the time. At home, she's trying to do the dishes. She can't open any jars. She, you know, just her hands are in great pain, her wrists particularly. It was Thanksgiving, and we did a turkey. This is when I was younger, um, and we did this turkey, and, um, and I said to my mom, she doesn't know anything about really American culture and things like that, but I told her, I was like, mommy, there's a wishbone in the turkey. And it's like tradition where you take a wishbone, and you, you know, each person um, takes a half of it, grabs onto it, and you pull it. And you know how the wishbone has a little point on the top? Whoever gets the bigger piece, that little uh, point on the top, that person gets their wish. And so, I was like, let's do it, you know? And so, my mom's like, okay, you know? So, uh, we got the wishbone out of the turkey. It was like this, and I had a little point, and she grabbed one, and I grabbed, I was like, are you ready? And my mom was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me think, let me think what I want to wish for. And she's thinking, right? And she's taking so long, and I was like, mommy, I know what you should wish for. Wish that your hands would be healed and you don't need the surgery. You, your hands could be healed and you don't need the surgery. Wish for that. And she goes, no, 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 no. This is too important to waste on wishing for something like that. She goes, this is too important because she's taking it seriously. She's like, that's too important to wish for something like that. And then she thought for a moment and she says, she says this. She says, I wish that your sister would come to know the Lord. And I was like, You know, it was supposed to be fun and everything, and my mother hits me with that. Rather than wishing for her own healing, she wishes, her one wish is that my older sister would come to know the Lord. I wouldn't have ever thought of that. If I'm given a wish, I'm going to think about myself. I'm going to say, I wish, I don't know, something, something, you know, whatever. I would not have wished for my sister to um, come to know the Lord. That is the heart of a mom, that they would sacrifice themselves, go on living in pain, chronic pain. But the desires for their children are incredible, are incredible. And I've told this story before, too, about my mom. She was the inspirational person who set me on the path to go to seminary and to become a pastor and stand before you right now. I know I've told this story before, and it was because when I felt called to go to seminary and pursue grad school, A male relative of mine, I won't say who, a male relative of mine, older, um, said to me, why, why are you going to um, seminary? Because you're already married. They thought that going to grad school meant to look for a husband. And I got married right out of college, undergrad, and so I was already married. They were like, you're already married, why why do you need to go to grad school? And I was like, I feel called to go to seminary. And then they were like, But why seminary? You're not going to be a pastor or anything. You're not going to be a minister. Why would you go to seminary? And they laughed at me. And so then I was devastated. I was devastated. And I went to my mom. She was in the kitchen doing dishes. And I went to my mom. And I was really sad. And I said to my mom, I said, Mom, you know what so-and-so said? And I told her. I said, so-and-so laughed at me and said, why am I going to seminary? You're not going to be a minister. You're a girl you know, you're not going to be a pastor or anything. Why are you going to seminary? And he, and he laughed at me. And then my mom looked at me and she goes, huh, he said that? He really said that? And I said, yeah. And then my mom was quiet for a minute. And then she said, then be as funny as you can be. Be as funny as you can be. Make him laugh hard. You can do this. You can go to seminary. You can be a pastor. Just be, and because I was like, he thinks it's funny. And my mom said, then be as funny as you can be and do it. And that was the greatest encouragement for my mom to continue to do and go the path that I did. So today, as we honor moms, um, there are two things I feel led to pray for as praise team comes up. There's two groups of people that I really, as God has put upon my heart to pray for, And if this is you, if you're in either group, I want you to, um, you can come up, you can stand where you are, but just know that this prayer is going to be for you. One group is for those who currently do not have a good relationship with their parents. No matter how old you are, no matter what your age, that for whatever reason, your parents feel like a burden, and you have not been kind to them, and you don't have a good relationship with them, and you wish it was better you have not been honoring your parents, and you know it, and you should be. So for those people who are feeling a strain on their relationship with their parents and want to change that and want to begin to truly biblically honor them, we wanna pray for you. The other group are parents, especially some of the new parents out there who feel like they're not winning at this parenting thing, they're losing. You may have three, four, five kids, and you are outnumbered. You and your, uh, your husband and wife, you guys are outnumbered in the house. Things are chaotic, and you are not winning at this thing called parenting. You think that you are a horrible mom, maybe you work outside the home, your time is divided, you're not always there for your child, you're a dad, you are not as the loving father, the heavenly father sets an example for us, and you are not nearly that kind of loving father to your children that you know you should be. And you are overwhelmed. You are yelling at your kids, you are short with them, you are frustrated, and you think that you are not being a good parent, and you're not winning at this. And you need prayer. You need uh, just to be able to be renewed, to be refreshed on this day, and that you need to have the confidence to know that you, in your position of parent, are being honored because God ordained you to be the mom or dad of those kids. So those two groups, as we sing this song, just consider if you need prayer for your relationship with your parents, or if you need prayer because you are a parent and you're not doing well. Let's all stand together.